<laughs> I've had enough of this. This is bull. <laughs> I will not buy into this keeper controversy. You guys making fun of me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just get up and walk away. Like a little. I'm not listening to one more thing about Arsenal in this point. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Pod on You Loons. I'm Justin. Pod on You Loons, this is Sam. Pod on You Loons, this is James. How are you guys? Been good. It's been a while since I've seen you guys. Yeah, man. It's been a while since I've seen Justin. <laughs> I was going to say, James was, what do you call it, twitching? You, you were on Twitch, playing your video games and stuff, and you put it out on Twitter for us to go to your Twitch channel and... You were doing like a marathon for charity. I didn't totally understand, James. I'm going to level with you there. But we go on and you rickroll me. Like, I thought it was a joke. You rickrolled me. <laughs> and then I realized you were, you were playing a karaoke video game and just happened to be singing, never going to give you up, never going to let you down. Yep. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, can't, I, can't, uh, I can't control when you come into the stream. But yeah, I did a 24-hour uh, charity stream. We did some karaoke to begin with, and then we uh, we moved on. We moved on after that. I was I was never going to do twenty four hours of karaoke. Can I just say, James, lovely lovely voice. Thank you. Yeah, I snapchatted it to Justin. I was like, you'll oh. never get what's going on. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks. Hey, you know, you got to get lady listeners somehow, right? I I suppose. So I yeah, suppose. guys, follow James on Twitter at CPT James Force. Because he's going to throw out his Twitch link, and you can watch him rickroll you. Yep, I need to find a uh, I need to find a new uh, new karaoke uh, system because the one that I was using uh, closed down first of January. Man, so we'll find a new one. Man, and you thought everything was going to get better in 2021? And I destroyed. Well, hey guys, thank you for listening to Pod on You Loons, even though it is an off season episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us, review us, and follow us. Every little bit of support helps us grow this little podcast and means a lot to us. And also, right after the MLS season, we recorded a huge Back to EPL special where we, it was a three-parter, right? We talked about Leeds, we talked about Tottenham, we talked about Arsenal and Manchester United and gave a very sorry attempt at Manchester City, <laughs> and then we did then we did, oh my gosh, it, then it was Liverpool and it was Chelsea. I hope I got all of them. Oh, Everton. I missed Everton somewhere. Go check that episode out. On purpose, we wrote out the show notes so that it wouldn't easily date itself. Go give that episode a listen. We put a lot of work into it. We had a lot of good friends from other Minnesota United podcasts. Come on. It was a really good time. So special shout out to David of the Lunacy, Jeremy of 10K Pitches, and Grant of the Dummy Run as well as our good buddy Cameron of Gorilla FC in Seattle, the legal-minded punk, and longtime listener of the show, Bryn, who came on and talked some Liverpool. So thank you guys again for coming on the show. It was a blast. Everyone else, go check it out. And I must say, like, ever since that podcast, Arsenal have won, like, every game. So that's, like, the best thing. Because I was basically saying how terrible we were and that we didn't score any goals, and all we've done is just bang in goals and win games. <laughs> we're still 11. Sam, how are things going for Chelsea, by the way? Since then, we're all mid-table. You don't get to <laughs> you don't get to talk anything, Leeds. 
<laughs> what was funny about that, though, is that Grant comes on. He's a man, you guy, and he's all doom and gloom. He he basically was given the same kind of interview that you were given, James. And yeah. you and I were like, hold on. You're not that far behind. And you have like three games in hand. And Manchester United has been doing very well since that, too. And we predicted it. Two guys that don't even like Manchester United, we predicted it. So you're welcome, Grant. In, in fact, hot tip, they have a game in hand and they're level at the top. So they could even go solo top. God, Grant is so glass half empty, isn't he? <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you what, it was very fun to chat to him, though. Uh, we, uh, we can talk. We can talk us, too. Which is good. The, the, Lod, uh, the Lod fan club is going strong. The Lud bros. The Lud bros. And then, as long as I'm giving other people shout-outs, I want to give a little shout-out to myself. Because I actually started a second podcast in the off-season. This one takes significantly less of my time. But I'm going to try to put out just a weekly, I call it, the pub trivia group. Should be on the podcasting platforms of your choice. At the time of recording, we're still pending on a few. So if you don't see us right away, maybe check back. But I'm just going to put out 15 minutes worth of fun pub style trivia once a week. You can play it on your car ride home, on your workout, whatever. It's a good time. I got really into hosting online trivia since COVID started. And since I'm already writing the questions, I figured I might as well talk into a mic for 15 minutes a week and try to grow my audience a little bit. You know what I like, Justin, is that he always complains to us about how much time he spends editing this podcast. So then he made another one. <laughs> Masochist, I think, is the term. No, seriously, that one doesn't take much at all. <laughs> and I don't always complain. I'm just saying it, it's a lot of work to put together a podcast. This other one is just 15 minutes long. Now, you've only got yourself right. So Yeah, yeah. I only got myself to blame. I don't have you and your loud mouse or... Jeremy's squeaky chair or anything like that. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, it's been God, a while yeah. since Jeremy's been on the podcast. Doomsday Jeremy, not not 10K Jeremy, but Doomsday Jeremy. Shout out Doomsday Jeremy. Squeaky chair Jeremy. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, guys. So today what we have on deck is we have some quick news. Then we're going to get you up to date on all of Minnesota United's roster moves so far. We're going to pose our questions for the offseason, and then we'll close off with just a few awards for the 2020 season, all right? Sounds good. Let's get into it. So yeah, first news bet, Emmanuel Reynoso, our big DP signing, midseason DP signing. Well, according to TransferMarked, his market value is up from $5.5 million to $11 million. His previous high was $8.25 million. And I just want to throw that out there because he's now over 10 million. Well, the MLS record transfer out was Miguel Almiron in 2019, where he was sold to Newcastle for 26.4 million. And prior to that, it was Alfonso Davies in 2018 for 13.5 million. I'm just putting that out there. I hope Emmanuel Reynoso stays with us as long as possible. And I think we got at least another season out of him. But if he keeps playing the way he is, He's going to get some attention from Europe. But but he's ours. <laughs> I think it's a I, I think that he showed everyone one in the second half of the season how good he was. And I think that his display in the playoffs 
you know, allowed a lot of people to see what we had seen in the games that we'd had up to that point. And I think that people know that he's good. You know, it's, it's not a secret anymore. He's, he's the best player on our team. And I think that we might get some serious cash for him in a couple of years. Maybe fund three DPs with the money we get. Or, or training academy. Ooh. Don't be silly, James. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, James, pretty- actually, that's a nice segue, because the next thing I want to talk about is something pretty silly. Atlanta United is going to be in the CONCACAF Champions League next season. For some reason, they, they were one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference this past season, but because the U.S. Open Cup didn't actually happen, that Champions League spot is going to go to them since they won in 2019 when they beat us. So we could have had back-to-back Champions League berths. This is stupid. <laughs> right? I t- how do you put a six-win team into the Champions League? It makes no sense. Like, they suck. No offense. No, actually, offense, Atlanta. Yes. You suck. Yes, offense. Um, Our friend Grant, I thought, said it very well on Twitter. There's no sporting explanation for why Atlanta deserves to be into the Champions League. My only theory is that traditionally the USA spots, and it's different for the three Canadian teams, but the USA spots, they go to the MLS champ, they go to the Supporter Shield winner, they go to the regular season winner from the opposite conference of the Supporter Shield winner. And then they go to the U.S. Open Cup champ. Now, when the MLS's back tournament was thrown into the mix, they gave the spot from the winner of the non-Shield conference. They gave that to the MLS's back champion. So Portland got that spot. But then when the 2020 U.S. Open Cup was canceled, then they just gave the spot to Atlanta again, rather than give it to the Western Conference regular season champion, which would have been Sporting Kansas City. I don't get it. I don't get it. Atlanta finished 12 of 14 in the Eastern Conference and 23 of 26 in the final shield standings. What are we missing here? Like, I think if you're Western Conference, like you're extremely peeved. You get one out of the four spots, even though you should at least get two, right? Like, I, yeah, I, like, if I'm sporting Kansas City, I'm like super annoyed. Because, like, firstly, I'm like, okay, so you took away number one spot because MLS is back, COVID is back tournament, whatever. So, like, that makes sense. But then I just don't understand if you cancel the other thing, why not just give it back to the, like, it's, I just don't get it. The only possible explanation I can think of is, and maybe there's someone listening that knows, and please write into us, but maybe that spot specifically belonged to U.S. Soccer and not to the MLS, and U.S. Soccer wasn't willing to give it to the MLS's back tournament. I don't know. It, it makes no sense. I'm in a hizzy, guys. <laughs> and I think the worst thing is, right, if we'd beaten Atlanta, it would have been us. That makes it even worse. Like, that really makes me in a hizzy, yeah. Like, we could have got double revenue and, like, all this stuff. Yeah. <sighs> like, if we would have just started Lid on the right, then he would have had two goals instead of just one. back-to-back champions league bursts it's just i don't get it man 
I'm not. I'm not even sure there's anyone that does get it. There's someone who knows what's going on, but they ain't, they ain't telling us. I like things to be fair, right? Like I'm a teacher. I'm all about fairness. This isn't fair. Let's move on. The hizzy's over. But here's another thing that people have been in a hizzy about. We talked earlier about we thought 2020 was over and now everything was going to be good again. Apparently, with the collective bargaining agreement, right? Like we almost had. We almost had a stop in MLS play because of the last time the union and the league were at the table doing the collective bargaining agreement. Well, apparently due to all the money that the league lost, the owners are activating the force majeure clause and they want to come back to the table and renegotiate the collective bargaining agreement. I don't really have a ton more to add on that. Maybe that's a good thing to bring our lawyer friend in from the West Coast. Cameron, come on over sometime and talk about collective bargaining with us. But I just want to throw that out there to the listeners because there could be some drama coming up that might screw up our perfect return to 2021, which will double suck for Justin and I because we're we're in phase two when we get our vaccines. So like Alliance Field is just going to be full of teachers. And it's going to be great. <laughs> I mean, if your league and your clubs lose $1 billion in a year, like, yeah, that's going to hurt. But why are they, why are they got to do this, man? Like, you can't just let it go and, like, let it be all right. You've got to just, like, kick everyone when it's over as well. I, I, I think it has something to do with the $1 billion. I, <laughs> Probably. I don't know. You're right. It sucks. And us as normal people... And with, with the players being, you know, more or less normal people, we're, we're prone to see their side. And I obviously, we love the players, right? We don't know the owners. We love the players. We, we wish the best for them. They only have this opportunity for so long to make their paychecks and be, before their career is over. So we want them to set themselves up nicely for their life after soccer. A billion dollars is a lot of money to lose. I, I don't know. I think the main problem, right? as from what I'm reading is that like they came to a five year collective bargaining agreement in February, yeah, but they never ratified it because of COVID. And then they renegotiated it for like to get the MLS's back going and kind of get the season on point. But they basically had this agreement that they in principle agreed to never officially like signed everything off and then had to change to deal with COVID. And now they're back at like, this point where they have an original deal that's been changed, but the original deal is not going to work either because you're not going to send everyone back to stadiums this year. So, which we might Justin and I get the vaccine soon. <laughs> well, for some people it might be all right, but yeah, it's that stadium full of teachers. As long as, as long as super COVID doesn't get us. Thanks England. Yeah. You're right. welcome. We already got a couple, couple cases in the United States, Sam, who knows? Yeah, that's uh, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm officially, you know, I'm officially like a almost a refugee now after Brexit's done. Yeah, it's official now. We should have no an entire podcast episode just about Brexit sometime. Well, hey, it's affecting soccer, like the the transfer rules. Sam, did right, you read into that at all? Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like. I even saw, like, I went to order a book from the UK, and they were like, uh, we can't ship to Europe at the moment. Like, well, my, we haven't my, worked out ways to do it. My Twitter feed was all full of 
British millennials posting their parents who are on holiday in Spain complaining that they can't get their their Sky TV subscription in Spain anymore because they are outside of <laughs> the subscription is based outside of the European Union now. So it, it was all just millennials posting their angry boomer parents, their complaints about Sky TV not working. So it's happening. I'm very interested to see what, yes, what's going to happen to the Premier League. What's going to happen to Scotland? What's going to happen to Northern Ireland? How does all this work out now that they're gone? That's crazy. We could have an entire episode about that. Sorry, we could have an entire podcast about that. Hey, do you guys want to start another podcast? <laughs> like a Brexit podcast? Yeah. We're like getting on the boat once it's already like happened. Hey, just came up with this. We could call it the Brexit Club. <laughs> the Brexit Club. <laughs> Which one are you then? Which one is Justin? Justin would probably be Emilio. <laughs> <laughs> are you the jock then, Sam? Emilio was the jock. You and I would have to fight over who's Bender and who's the the nerd kid. Uh, okay, I don't understand how jocks and all that kind of stuff work. You know who yeah. Emilio Estevez is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Emilio! Yeah, I just didn't think he was the jock, because the other dude was wearing a sports jacket, right? No, that was Emilio. Bender was like the grungy guy. That was a little bit before grunge, but Bender was like leather jacket. He was the bad boy. That ended up kind of oh, romantic yeah, okay. with Molly Ringwell towards the end. Yeah, and then yeah, I, got, I got it confused. I had them the wrong way around. I forget the yeah, other yeah, yeah. name. He was, you know, the, the nerd. So you and I would have to decide. Oh, Brian? Who, Brian. Yeah. So you and I would have to decide who's more grungy out of the two of us and who's more nerdy out of the two of us. I don't know. Okay. We're both been another, pretty this nerdy. Been another episode of Sam Goes Too Far. <laughs> 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 Put on your nuts. <laughs> oh man. Okay, Emilio, why don't you give us a lineup update? Get us back on track. <laughs> How jazzed are you guys for Callum Montgomery? Oh yeah. Traded a fourth fourth round pick and some some fifty K of some gam. gam. <laughs> some gam threw some gam their way. Who was this with? Was this uh FC Dallas, Dallas. right? Dallas, yeah. Former fourth, he was the fourth overall pick in 2019, which we still are trying to figure out if that matters or not. Because I know that if it was like the NFL fourth overall pick from a year ago, man, that's a nice pickup. But he didn't play much. Yeah, he played on loan with North Texas SC in the US one, in the USL one. And he also played with San Antonio in the USL championship. So he is acquainted with Dane St. Clair at least. But yeah, hasn't played much in the MLS. He was taken ahead of, of course, Chase Gasper, as well as my favorite, Hassani Dotson. So quite the draft that we just traded essentially a bag of magic beans for a guy taken ahead of both of those guys. I don't understand. How does a guy who gets picked fourth overall is only worth a fourth round pick and like a handful of gam? So like... The MLS draft is not like the NFL draft, right? Like you're not looking for stars in the MLS draft. You're looking for prospects or you're looking for just solid rotation players, right? Like I think Asani Dotson is the only second round pick Minnesota United has ever drafted that stayed on the roster. And even our first round picks, Chase Gasper, Dane St. Clair, but we have quite a few first round picks that didn't work out either. 
And we haven't been a team that long, right? Like White Omsberg, he's gone. Carter Manley, I believe he was first round. He's gone. Abu Dunladi, he's gone. Mason Toy, granted, we got we got a decent uh, a decent amount of magic beans for him, but he's, he's gone. <laughs> so MLS draft, you can't think of it the way you think of the NFL draft, is what I'm saying. But can we talk about how last year we drafted an Australian in the fourth round, and then we just like never had anything to do with him after that? <laughs> James, I follow this team pretty closely. Would you say so? Yeah. I didn't know there was a fourth round. <laughs> there are exactly four rounds, Sam. Yeah, there are exactly four rounds. We, we drafted Mitchell Osman from Sydney, and now he plays in the USL Championship. He, like, never even, like, he didn't even <laughs> sign any contract with us, like, at all. So I'm, looking, just, at, I'm looking at the, the draft, James, and yeah. teams just straight up pass in the fourth round. They're just like, nah, we're good. <laughs> I don't want this random guy. No, we're good. We don't, we're good. We're full up. This is the crazy thing, right? Like, the LA Galaxy traded people away for third-round picks and then just passed on all of them. That's <laughs> So they traded a guy for a pick that they just didn't do anything with. Yeah, they just were like, nah, we'll pass on that. <laughs> like, that's even worse than Magic Beans. That's literally like you just, like, you take the Magic Beans and you just throw them in the fire because you don't want them. Well, well, Mitchell Osmond, I hope I hope that you prove us wrong. You prove, <laughs> but basically, we've essentially given them a fourth round pick that they might just throw in the bin and never use. <laughs> yeah, we basically did that. Like I said, it's a bag of magic beans. <laughs> Someone that is worth more than a bag of magic beans. Will trapped. Sorry. Ah. Will trapped here. <laughs> <laughs> Can we pause here? How Will great trapped back him. in the day. Headstrong, <laughs> lead you on. Headstrong, I'll take on anyone. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. How many times are we going to fuck up that this year? Will trapped. Will, 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 tra- Will trapped in Miami last year. <laughs> Free agent. <laughs> Sam, can I just say, this is another band that you like that I'm looking up. And uh, <laughs> in November 2020, Spin reported that, that Facebook has deleted Trapp's page on the grounds of hate speech. In December 2020, the band's Twitter account was suspended, suspended after Brown, the lead singer, wrote a series of tweets defending statutory rape. <laughs> Sam. Okay. I did not say that I liked Trapped. <laughs> so, Will Trapp, free agent, CDM. Linked to Minnesota United FC, longtime Columbus Crew player who left just in time to not win the championship because he spent last season in Miami. He'll only be 28 next season. He has 20 U.S. men's national team caps with an aging Ozzy Alonzo. Could fit in nicely with Minnesota United if these rumors indeed are true. Could be pretty great. And that, it's, it's interesting because we were hearing like the day after the day after our season ended. We, we heard that, like, oh, expect the signing soon. And then it just hasn't happened yet, right? And then your uh, MLS insider also tweeted something about it. Right, Sam? Yeah, he did. On, on, on a total side note, just because he plays for Inter Miami, have you seen the latest case, like legal case, between Inter Milan and Inter Miami? That- about how their names are too close? Hmm. And that 
Inter Milan like won the first round of like the legal battle. So it's possible that Inter Miami is going to have to change name as well. They should change the name to Miami FC. <laughs> I thought I thought that all of the soccer names they could you could just you could just bite off of whoever you wanted, right? That's what like, I thought. Like let's just throw a let's just throw Inter in front of it. Let's just throw a, a United at the end. I guess is United United's open source at this point, right? Anybody can be United FC. It better be. So I actually I looked this up. I was thinking about making a trivia question out of it. If you guys had to guess how many English Premier League teams are nicknamed United. Wait, English Premier League or Premier League? Four? Five. Sheffield United, Man United, Leeds Newcastle United. United, Leeds United. You're missing a really pathetic one. Uh, Think like most pathetic team in the Premier League. Sheffield United? Didn't I say that? No, no. Like think like long term, like just pathetic. Yeah, I'm really struggling. They're always blowing bubbles or something. Oh, West Ham United. Yep. There you go. That's right. And then in the MLS, there's three, right? It's us, Atlanta. In DC, so a lot of Uniteds. Can we also talk about how Inter Miami is Inter Miami CF <laughs> and not FC Club de Football? Uh, Club de Football. I think Real Salt Lake is my favorite stupid name. <laughs> not Houston Dynamo. No, Real Real Salt Lake. What about the New England Revolution? Hey, you know I like the teams that have something like unique-ish, right? Not just, let's throw United. Oh, we got a new San- team? Let's call it New United. S- San Jose Earthquakes. Mm. <laughs> Portland Timbers! I bet they play that song there a lot. Just throwing that out there. What about hey guys, the Montre- Montreal Impact? And they're changing their name. I think they're changing their name to Montreal FC. Stop. That's why yeah. I made the joke earlier. Oh is that yeah. they're going to have to be Miami FC. Is because... That's what teams are doing. They're changing their name to just be more boring. Next year, it's going to be Charlotte FC. It's a disappointment that they didn't name themselves Good Charlotte FC. That was a (laughs) fun rumor going around for a while. (laughs) What about uh, Sacramento Republic FC? I think that's pretty cool. And uh, St. Louis. St. Louis? St. Louis? How do you guys? St. Louis. St. Louis City. SC. Hey man, we own it. We own it. We're SC country here. Only mini Minnesota United FC. And then we have the Washington football team. And then we have the Washington football team. <laughs> oh man. Because they aren't getting a new name this season either, are they? Like next season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just, I, just I don't hate that they're the Washington football team. I think I, I, I mean think I think we're Washington team day football, but <laughs> I think they should just, be Washington United. I think they should just. <laughs> I mean, I just genuinely love how sport reporters are like the football team. <laughs> like they're still Washington football team, right? It's that's just what's making the it football dumb. team. That's what's making it dumb is they should just. So like when they were the Redskins, right? Which I think we all agree that that was not a nice name. I remember certain stadiums wouldn't display Redskins on their scoreboards. I think. I think when I went and saw the Vikings play the Redskins at the Metrodome for $7, by the way, it was great. But I think when I went to that game that they put Washington on the scoreboard, they didn't write Redskins on the scoreboard. Now, yeah. I know that a lot of stadiums around the NFL wouldn't write out their nickname. They would just write down 
Washington. Why don't we just, yeah, these these reporters that write out the football team, just write out Washington. <laughs> don't make it sound ridiculous. It doesn't need to sound ridiculous. Like they did the right thing. They finally changed their name. But but it's so much better when it's like the football team made it, the playoffs. Can I just say it bothers me that they're called the Washington team to begin with because they're not from Washington. They're from Washington, D.C. We have a state called Washington. Gets confusing, doesn't it? I was like 12 years old when I realized that they didn't play in the state of Washington. Man. They could be like, <laughs> is, this why it's, is this why it's DC United? Probably. Like, I assume DC United is from Yeah, Washington. this district of Columbia, yes. Okay. So we, we were talking about the people that were in. We <laughs> Sorry, yeah. About the people that are out, that are leaving us. Don't, don't we have DPs to talk about? Well, yeah. That was the last note that we had is that we could potentially bring in two more DPs because depending on what we do with Thomas Chacon and we could still restructure young Gregish's contract the same way we did to Angelo Rodriguez's just last year, we could do something with those two people occupying DP spots and possibly bring in two more DPs or just do something with one of those players bring in just one more DP. The possibility is there. Let's move on. Let's see who is leaving. Those who are out, Kevin Molino is out. He declined what Adrian Heath called the best offer they could possibly give him within the United States without making him a designated player. Jose Aja, his option was declined. Big salary, Aaron Schoenfeld. Sadly, his offer was declined. Greg Ranjitsing, his offer was declined. James See Musa. Greg. Yeah. Shout out Canadian Greg. James Musa, option declined. Kevin Partita, who recently joined us near the end of the season from Reno, option declined. And then Raheem Edwards, he is out of contract and was not renewed. Justin Yunahizi. It's so hard to say goodbye. To yesterday. I'm just sad, man. I wanted us to give us a, him a chance. He just looks so good, Sam. But you know what? Have fun in LAFC or whoever took you. Was that was it them that took him in the they, re-entry draft? They took him in the re-entry draft. I don't know if he signed yet. but Yeah, I man, mean, it is what it is. That might be good for him because we don't know the Raheem Edwards story. We know we were his fourth MLS team in his young career. It seemed like there was something there where, you know, he had the tweet that said SMH. Made it All seem the, like there was the a tweet. SMH tweet. Yeah. Uh-oh. Okay. That's how you know it's bad. It's just there are things out there that make us imply that he wasn't getting along with Adrian Heath very well. And it got me thinking about, remember back in Pokemon when you would you were just starting out and you would trade your friend for like a level 50 Charizard or something like that. And then you'd get the level 50 Charizard and Charizard wouldn't listen to you. You would tell Because you didn't have the right patch. And then Charizard (laughs) would just take a nap. Like, you remember that? Yeah, if you didn't have the right badge, they wouldn't listen, man. Yeah. Sam, sometimes you just just go, (laughs) like, I'm like, where is he going with this? And then it always makes sense. You got to understand the segues, Justin. Just gotta understand the segues. We don't have the right badge for, for for Raheem Edwards, guys. We gotta go to Pew- we gotta go, go to Pewter City Gym. We gotta beat up on Brock, and then it'll all be good. But Bradley over at LAFC, 
he already has beaten Brock. In fact, he's he's gone to Cerulean City. He's gone to Vermilion City. He's got the badges. Maybe, maybe that's the kind of situation a player like Raheem Edwards needs to be in. Okay, just throwing that out there. Like five clubs in five seasons. That's, that's like bad. now that might one that of might them, no longer be the badges. One of them there was an expansion draft in there. Okay, one of them was an expansion draft. So. I think Toronto maybe lost him. And oh, yeah. So Toronto lost him to LA. So this is crazy, right? So LAFC drafted him in the expansion draft and then traded him to the Montreal Impact. And then, like, three years later, they select him again in the re-entry draft. There you go. Watch. They're going to trade him back to Montreal. Anyway, one last player that is out, Kai Kamara. We had fun. It was, it was fun to watch him for a little bit. He never got a goal, which was a little bit of a bummer to me, but... Didn't really do much, but yeah. yeah. In the end, we started Robin Lode. <laughs> <laughs> we did let him uh, kind of do his encore at the end, but anyway, I liked his tweet. It said, "Unlucky me till we meet again," and then in parentheses, "Don't boo me." I I like players leaving with a little bit of like just a lighthearted. Just this was fun until next time. I like that. I appreciate that guy. I know you're listening. I I like that he. Uh, he on Instagram or whatever, like just was just walking around Minneapolis, enjoying the city, watched like some high school games, would just go sit in the stands at a high school game and watched high school soccer in Minnesota, which is not, not obviously the most coveted soccer in the world. Right. But the guy, the guy was, uh, was just trying to fit into his new, new neighborhood. Yeah. And I think for a guy like that, he's been to like that many teams. Yeah. I think it's definitely one of those things that, you know, it's never going to work at every team, and it just seems that he's at the point of his career where he's kind of like a bit of a plug-in at the moment. So he's just he's just enjoying his time. He's getting paid. He's, he's still doing he, what he's doing. He's still doing it, and he's what thirty? How old is he? 38, 37? So good, good for him. One of the few people on the field older than us. So thirty-six. Not 36. older than James. Man, man's not that old. James hasn't hit dirty thirty yet, but this year, baby. Oh man, you're ready. You're ready to fall off that cliff, James. Well, I might have to do it, you know, in a lockdown somewhere at this rate. It actually feels about the same. couple players still pending. We assume that we're going to work it out with them, but Luis Amaria, door's not closed on him. We're in negotiations with him and the club he's technically owned by. I I forget the name of the club, guys. Don't judge uh, me. Club. Atletico Vélez Sarfield. Okay, I'm glad that you said that anyway, because there's no way I would have gotten that. <laughs> Ozzy Alonso, things are pending with him. Brent Coleman, Marlon Hairston, Ja'Cory Hayes. But let's throw this out there. And given how much time we've used up talking about Trapped and Pokemon and Good Charlotte. Uh, like you started, you started all of those references, Sam. <laughs> hey, we're in this together, Justin, all right? We're all tarred with the same brush here. <laughs> That's how it works. Guys, you got, you got your starting 11 for next year. And you can highlight some spots you believe that will bring someone in. That's fine. You want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. Well, before I go, I just want to say that I think that is a travesty that Ash Ketchum was just awarded his first like three badges. Right? Didn't have to. Didn't have to win battles in, for against Brock against Misty. They just handed it to him. So, and I, whatever the third one is, he didn't get that either, did he? Are you talking about the TV show or the game? The TV show. <laughs> oh. Okay. Ash Ketchum is like the Atlanta United. Of 
you you bought you, you battled real hard. You battled real hard. Here's a here's a Champions League berth for how hard he battled. All right, okay. So my my best eleven. So here's my team. It's a uh, full of a lot of a lot of hot takes. Dan St. Clair and goal. Chase Gasper, Boxel, Opara, and Metnair in the back. Dotson and our new number six, Trap, <laughs> cough, cough. Uh, and then up front, Load at the right wing. And a set of new DPs at left wing and number nine. Where I, hear Messi, I hear Messi wants to come to the MLS, guys. Wait, did you say Reynoso anywhere? I didn't hear Reynoso. Didn't hear Reynoso. Dude, you're right. Reynoso somewhere. Where does he go? Oh, <laughs> yeah. you only have ten players. Oh God, I only have <laughs> yeah, you only have ten. <laughs> uh, and the number ten, our best player, the guy I keep harping on, Emmanuel Reynoso. I don't even have to mention him because it's a, it's just a certainty that he's going it's, to. It's be. just automatic. He's just going to be there orchestrating our offense, just passing left and right, making everybody look good. I un- I understand that you probably in this scenario, Ethan Finlay is going to you know come off the bench and be that spark plug, right? Where's Jan Gregish in this? I think I think he's gone. I think so. I, I he's Jan. Yeah. So I read. I read. Uh, I don't know where, and this is probably bad because I'm on a podcast talking about it, and I probably should have sources. But I read somewhere that like his play has dropped off big time this year, and he is just not. He's like a. It talked about like so like baseball. There's wins above replacement, and he was a blow rep- replacement level player this year, and. He's getting paid a lot of money to do that. And I would rather them roll with your boy Hassani Dotson at the number eight and use that money somewhere else. Okay. Maybe to, to bring Amaria back as a paid down backup number nine. James, what are you thinking? Yeah, so I also had DSC in goal. Uh, my back four were Boxel, Metinair, Debassi, and Chase Gasper. Ooh. Then I had, yeah, my midfield was like Renoso, Lod on the right, Gregush, Dodson, who, shout out by the way, been chatting to on Instagram, is a Chelsea fan. So yeah, you all have your faults. But I told him to come listen to the pod. So if you're here, <laughs> how you doing? Uh, he's excited for this season coming up. 66% um, of our podcast thinks he's going to start next year. 66%. <laughs> I also had Ethan Finley, though. I didn't know where to put Ethan Finley, but I'm thinking now a DP would probably make sense. And striker needs to be a DP. Or we just start Foster Langsdorf. <laughs> like, he's the only forward we have on this roster. Are you chatting with his dad on, on Twitter or something? Are you friends with, with Foster Langsdorf's dad, too? No, actually. I haven't even seen him on Twitter. Is he even on Twitter? Who like, I need to look that up. Yeah, I mean, we just don't have a striker, man. Like, unless we sign Luis Amaria back, and then he kind of slots in there. Yeah. Like, when Wikipedia is just telling you you have one striker, <laughs> that's not uh, <laughs> it's, it's not exactly encouraging. Right, it's freaky. Yeah, so it, it's funny. Yeah. I, I posted this question for you guys, and then I forgot to answer it myself. I also think... Even when you reminded us, you were like, don't forget to answer the question, guys. <laughs> I, I also think Dane St. Clair, his job to lose in the goal. I think Tyler Miller is too good to just let go for a bag of magic beans. Like, I hope we get something good for him. But if not, 
right? Like James Arsenal had two starting quality goalkeepers last year. I'm not afraid to keep Tyler Miller uh, on our bench, but I think it's Dan St. Clair's job to lose. Defense, I agree. Metnair on the right. It's going to be Boxall in the center. Opar, if he's back, I love Ike. I love Ike, but I'm getting worried here. So Opar, if he's back, but I'm not convinced he's going to be back, so I'm going to say Debassi. And then on the left, I'd say Chase Gasper. If Opar is back, I think Debassi moves to the left, and then Gasper gets rotated in. You know, or may- maybe there's just a rotation of players, but I think full strength starting 11, I think Gasper would be the odd man out if Opara was back, but just not convinced that that's going to happen. I do think Dotson's ready to be in that central midfield. I, I'm not 100%. I'm not 100% starting. I, oh, all right. I mean, if Will Trapp is coming in, I don't know if I'm quite kicking Jan Gregish to the curb yet. He he brings some to the team. I'm I'm willing to listen to you guys talk about Justin, what was that fancy sports term you used? Wins above replacement. Wins above replacement. Okay. I'm willing to look into that. I wasn't totally ready to write him off yet, but the thing about Dotson is that because he is so versatile, he is a starter no matter if he's in that starting 11, quote unquote. Lud has to be on the right, which when me and Ethan Finley goes to the bench, but again, Ethan Finley is going to get plenty of playing time. Not worried about that. Reynoso at the 10. You got to bring in someone on the left. And unless Amaria is ready to go, fully healthy, ready to go, you're going to have to bring up someone on top too. Can you imagine if you're Ethan Finley though? Like you've been playing on the right. You have this spot. It's all good. Suddenly like Robin Lodd goes onto the right and is just this unbelievably different player when Reynoso's there. And like, you're just like, well, there goes my starting spot. <laughs> like, well, I think he's meant to be. I think that because he wasn't he wasn't slated to start this year, right? Like, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Sam, like, yeah, his role has been more of a like a super sub, you know, change the pace guy off the bench, and that was what it's supposed to be. But he's just kind of gotten thrust into starting positions because, like, I'm looking at his stats, and I guess he started he started 12 out of 14 games this year, but last year it was only 22 out of 33, right? So he he plays, but I don't know if he's a he's a guaranteed always in the in the lineup kind of guy, or that's not what he was supposed to be. He was kind of like Hassani, where he was playing so much that you forgot that he wasn't technically a quote unquote starter. He's a super important part of this team, right? Like those are my two favorite players. I've said this many times: Ethan Finlay and Hassani Dotson. I go back and forth on whose jersey I should buy probably just going to postpone it until neither of them are on the team anymore, but <laughs> discount. If I was to get a Jersey, it'd be either Finlay or Dotson. I like those guys that just go all out running all over the place all the time. Just do what they got to do. But yeah, like James, I think because you really, your full like exposure to Minnesota United came last year when they were moving Lud to the left, just to make sure that Finlay could play because they needed Molino to be the 10. I, th- I think that you got very used to Finlay being in the starting 11 week in, week out, where I think Justin and I were more used to him still rotating in. And because of his pace that he brings, really damaging people towards the end of the game. 
Yeah, fair enough. Also, uh, Justin, there's a reason I don't follow uh, Foster Langsdorf on Twitter. The man still has MLS Portland Timbers <laughs> like all over his profile. Uh, his academy uh, club. And uh, Stanford. Oh, he spelled it Stanford. <laughs> oh, boy. He obviously didn't go to Stanford for the education then, I'm guessing. Uh, I assume not. <laughs> I mean, the man hasn't tweeted since 2018. So There you go. I cut him a break. Come on, Foster. Get on Twitter, man. Come tweet with us. All right, guys. Let me pose a couple of questions for you. We're over 50 minutes already, so... <laughs> If you don't have a strong point of view, maybe just leave them there for the listeners to think uh, rhetorically about. But what do we do at Striker? We all kind of said DP, didn't we? Yeah. I think you have to you have to bring in a DP. I think that I don't know which one of you said it, but we don't know we don't know what Luis Armaria's got, you know, in him. Like I'd love for them to bring him back. That's what I'd say like pay, like pay him down or whatever, find a way to bring him back at a lower price because the guy is great. But we don't know like his like injuries are tough, you know, leg injuries are tough to come back from. So you can't commit to having him be your, your number nine. When we saw what happened when we didn't have consistency at that position this year, right? Like we, we made a run because we have Emmanuel Reynoso and he makes everyone around him. Great. You know? So could you imagine if we put money into that position and bring in a high quality number nine DP, if we're win now mode, which it seems like we've been in for the last couple of seasons, you do everything to make this team better. And unless you're 100% guaranteed that Amaria is going to be the guy he said he was and is healthy enough to be that guy with the 25 goals, you gotta you got to make a big splash. Do we have the money for that splash? We have two DP spots. We could have two like, DP spots, depending on what we do. Send yeah, I mean, like, somewhere else. Bye, Chacon. Like, we were going to give Molino the max TAM contract, right? So at very least, we can bring in a player making Molino salary at striker, which is that's as much as we've ever spent on a striker. Which was that surprising to either of you? Like that the highest you can make if you're not a DP is like 700 K like considering how much other professional athletes make. That's nuts. Like, I mean, 700 K is a lot of money. I would love $700,000, but I was very much surprised that that was yeah, the I mean, offer him. Like how much, like, if you're a first-rounder in the NFL draft, right? I know, like, there's a lot more money in NFL. But first-rounder, what, contract if you're, like, number one pick is a few mil, right? So I think that... Like, first round makes, like... Yeah, if you're the top pick, you make, like... I'm I'm totally pulling this number out of nowhere, but I think it's, like, $10 million to your first year or something like that. At least five. Okay. Uh, total contract... Man, if you're pick 11, you make, like, 20 mil. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was very surprised that Molino was offered the most money they could offer a non-DP, and it was only 700 k Only, but in pro sports, man, 700 k that's the vet minimum in the NFL. Well, and this is what we're not used to as Americans, is that our big four leagues, right? NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, those are the four best leagues in the world for their respective sports. Like, the MLS is not that. So, I think it's just weird for us as Americans to like think about watching professional sports and knowing, like I've said this before, some of these guys probably shop at the same target I shop at. Yeah. Joe Burrow made 37 million. That's his contract, not his first year, but yeah, 37. Oh, his contract, yeah, for a four-year contract. Yeah. And we 
like we can only offer a guy seven hundred k. I'm saying I was like, I mean, like, Kevin, see you later, Kevin. Well, you know, I would too if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> but like seven hundred k, right? But like, how much do we have to spend? Like, do we know what our transfer budget is? We don't know. Like, we don't know. Like, we don't know. James, we didn't you listen to when Justin and I did the fun with finance episode at the start of COVID. We didn't. So, yeah, about you could, using you could pay DPs whatever you want, but every like everybody else are kept. I'm gonna have to go revisit that episode again. Now I know a little bit more about what's going on. What I'm saying is like if they, if 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 whoever owns our team wants to throw some money at a striker, we can make it happen. Yeah, they can spend as much money as they want on three players, and then there's a salary cap for everyone else. That's nuts, man. That's that's yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> oh my god. You guys have yeah, really stuff right? with financial fair play that everyone has to follow, except for Manchester City, like. Or Chelsea, normally, right? Chelsea got a transfer ban. <laughs> they got a, they got a transfer ban because of what they they got in trouble for something that involving like sixteen year old players and roster rule. Not like that. Come on. <laughs> like, like, wait. No offense, but like, our owner is under has been under investigation for securities fraud before. Yeah, he can hide that. He can find. He'll find money. You can find money, right? What? <laughs> I didn't even know. All right. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Next question. Eichel Para. And maybe I'm just throwing that out there because I don't think we have answers. The clarity. We were supposed to, like, remember in the interview I sent you guys? Adrian, he's like, no, we're, you guys are going to find out. So maybe we'll still figure it out. But there hasn't yeah. been much clarity about this injury. I think most players of... He's a high-profile player. I think most players of his stature would probably just be a little bit more open about it. He's more private, and that's fine. I respect that. Um, nothing against people that want to be more private. It just it reminds me of when I would hold on to a player on my fantasy football roster, <laughs> and like they'd be out with like a concussion or something like that, and then weeks would go by, and you're like, concussions? They'll be out for a couple of weeks. They'll come back, and then they they just don't. I think there has been some. There have been some hints out there that it is concussion concerns, and when these drag on, that make that makes me very nervous that we may not see him back. I don't have anything else to say because we haven't. We don't know. So Heath, uh, this is an article from three weeks ago in the paper in the the um, Pioneer Press. Heath said, not only is he a big factor for us, but he has a big salary there. And obviously we'd like to c- come to, to a conclusion. So that that's a big thing, right? So he's getting paid a lot of money. Yeah. So it might, you know, it's either comes back healthy or we, we cut him loose, I guess, at this point. Either way, Ike, we're big fans. Whatever happens with you, we got your back. Please come back. Another <laughs> question, Mark. What do we do with Thomas Chacon? Uh, I mean, Justin already threw him out like <laughs> ten minutes ago. I mean, if he can't play, if he can't play, we gotta we gotta send him somewhere. I mean, either it's the the they talked about putting him on loan, and I think that opens up the DP spot, right, Sam? I think we we figured that out. I mean, I'd love it if if you know if he's in the long term plans, but I think we've learned that that's not MLS is not like our you know European league clubs where they're like they're like man, I can't wait for this guy to be here in five years. They're about winning right now. At least that's what our model is currently, right? So mm-hmm. if he's not going to help us now, move him so that we can find someone that will. 
like there's a lot of criticism with the club about Thomas Chacon. The club has brought in a lot of transfers in the past couple of years that have really worked out for us. And Thomas Chacon really being the only high profile signing that has not worked out for us. I'm okay with that. You don't hit a home run 100% of the time. You don't even get on base 100% of the time, right? And if Thomas Chacon is our one whiff, I mean, I wish him the best if it's with us or with someone else, hopefully not like Atlanta or someone like that, but wish him the best, nothing against the guy. But if he's our one whiff, I'm not angry at the club about that. So you think Angelo Rodriguez was a success, Sam? I said in the past two years. (laughs) (laughs) He was was three years ago. Don't abuse me. (laughs) Like, like, I think the crazy thing is, right, that, like, he's only 20, right? Like, Thomas Chacon was born in 2000, which is just a horrifyingly scary thought. Millennium, baby. Um, he's, he's still, like, so young. Like, when when they get players like that in the Premier League, you just you send them out on loan for, like, two seasons, and then, you know, so they can learn how to play football and stuff. And they come back to you when they're, like, more developed and more, like, actually know what they're doing. Um, yeah, and there, yeah, looking, there was some talk that they were trying to loan him out last year, and they they ran into roadblocks because of COVID. And then, and then remember, like at one point, we didn't even know if we could legally put out a lineup at at, at certain points. Right? <laughs> yeah. In FIFA, right in the video game, they would have made us forfeit, right, if you didn't have enough people on the bench. Uh, it was, I always remember the prompts Football Manager would give me. It'd be like, but but you can have seven people on the bench and. You only have five. Like, are you sure? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm injured. I yeah. I, I mean, think I think I think he will be loaned out somewhere, or he will be sold, or maybe this is the year that things click. I probably I don't think we're anticipating that. I think we're anticipating either a loan or selling him, and I'm okay with that. And to be honest, like the scary thing here is like I'm looking at like the transfer marked site. I don't know how accurate it is or whatever, but it says like his market value at the time of transfer was 350,000 euros. And we paid 3.6 million euros for him. So we paid like 10 times his market value. I mean, unless Ah. unless our savior, Emmanuel Reynoso, you know, just finds a way to kick the ball towards him and just makes him magical. Some people are predicting that, that Chacon is going to be the answer on the left. Maybe the DP left winger is already with the club. We don't know. All right, next question. Let's go quick with this one because I think we already gave our answer earlier. But will we have a goalkeeper controversy? Now, all three of us believe that Dane St. Clair, it's his job to lose. I think it more is what happens then with Tyler Miller. Is there enough interest from other teams that we can get something in return for him? Because I don't want to just sell him for a bag of magic beans. We got to get some some good cash for him. Can we loan him out to another MLS team while Dane St. Clair builds his value and we sell, then we sell him to Europe next year. We just take Tyler Miller back. Yeah, sure. Like I I don't, I wouldn't see why not. He is an MLS goalkeeper though. Like Tyler Miller is, if he's, he's not going to be our backup. It's a good problem to have. Let's put it that way. It's a good problem to have. I'm just saying if no one's going to give us something for him, he's a professional. He'll do the right thing. And like we said, it's Dane St. Clair's job to lose. Dane St. Clair is young. If Dane St. Clair was struggling, Tyler Miller would be ready. That's it. Like when, 
like you said earlier, when Arsenal had two goalkeepers, like one of our goalkeepers was basically just for like the cup. Like we had a cup keeper and then we had like a keeper for like most of our Premier League games. All right. Sorry, that, that was a boring question. I should have just deleted that as soon as I heard all of us say the same thing when we talked about the starting 11. Here's a much more fun question. Okay, actually, final two questions I have. Both pretty fun. Both pretty fun. So, second to last question. Is the Lud hate over? No. No? Because he's not Miguel Ibarra. Bro, like, what does he have to do? He can't. There's <laughs> nothing he could do, James. There's what do you mean? Can do. There are people in our fan base, James, that want us to trot out the same team that played at the the Blaine Stadium that that, that sat 200 people. Well, it sat more than that, but whatever. They want that. Team. Well, there were only 200. I think it was there. it was getting over 10,000 people. Sorry, I, I don't mean to cheapen it, but there's seriously people that want us to have the same team, or uh, maybe like. A bunch of new players, but you can't. Oh God! God forbid we we get rid of Miguel Ibarra and Christian Ramirez. <laughs> yeah, and like I am loyal to. I would never say loyal to a fault. I know that that's a phrase people use. I don't think it's a fault of mine. I'm a very loyal person. I miss Miguel Ibarra on the team. I miss Christian Ramirez on the team. I would have loved for it to work out with them right now with Chelsea. Right, like. The Lampard out, those chants have have started. It's trending on Twitter, Lampard out. And I'm like, man, Lampard is one of us. He is Chelsea. Like, you can't be talking Lampard out because I want it to work out so bad. I want Lampard to be just the next big coach for Chelsea so bad. And I feel the same way, right? Or I, I felt the same way while Christian Ramirez and Miguel Abar were on the team. I wanted them to be part of the team's success. And even now, like, I think it was just two episodes ago, I was talking about maybe Christian Ramirez wants to come back and be a backup striker. I would love that. I love those guys. But yeah, like, you, you got to move on. You got to move on. You got to get better. When you bring in better players, unfortunately, that means you have to say goodbye to some old friends. You, you make it sound like he'd be a backup striker, but we, when we don't even have a striker. Like <laughs> Miguel Ibarra was a right winger. That was a little bit before your time, James. Yeah. He couldn't even make the bench for Seattle this year, Sam. Yeah. Well, he was sometimes on their bench. He just, he he didn't play in the game we played. I think the Lud hate is over because it seems like it's shifted to Heath was just a fool for keeping him on the left for so long, which brings me to the next question I have. What needs to happen for Heath out to not be a thing in 2021? <laughs> uh, it- it's just like you see how it is, Sam. Like, firstly, it's like Arteta out, and then we win three games, and everything's fine. It's like Ollie's out, and suddenly they're about to go top of the table. It'll be Lampard out. He'll win like two or three games, and it'll be fine. It's just, it's just a never-ending roller coaster. You're either it's fine, or you you just gotta go because you're the worst thing ever. But this is this is I think that this is different, and I think you know I. I guess, like, I, I tried to be off Twitter, spent way too much time on it, but I made the mistake of going back in after we lost to Seattle, and it was just, like, the worst, he's the worst coach. At, like, I mean, we just made it to the, like, we are one game away from the final. Twice, by the way. MLS is back tournament 
and the MLS and, itself. And I, I grant it, like, I don't know. I mean, yes, there are things that he could do in that the end of that game to make it so we don't lose, you know, we don't give up the lead that we had. But it was just like, like, what does this guy got to do for you? And I think, I think we honestly would need to win a cup. We would need to win the MLS Cup. That's the only way that the yeah, we got to stop talking about it. Yeah, we got to win, man. And don't get me wrong, like getting two semifinals in the only two cups that you basically have in the year, and still getting hate is just that's a phenomenal, mind blowing, like a really good season. Well, and, and the previous year we did it cup final, right? Yeah, yeah, we were in the final the previous year of the U.S. Open Cup, and so you have like a final. A playoffs last year, like 2019, and then semi-final when MLS is back, and a semi-final at the MLS Cup playoffs. Like the man's doing real good. <laughs> like if you're an NFL coach, you'd be like, "Man, this guy has like a winning record. Like he's going super well." Like I, I don't understand. Like if if we were like Atlanta United this year, then yeah, I'd get it. Like we sucked, but we didn't. Like we were top four. We made a semi-final. And we should have we should have made a final, debatable, so debatable, um, <laughs> debatable on but, should we have beaten Seattle? I, I, I mean, I was relatively you know. glass half full during that episode. I, <laughs> I know you were listening to it while making Christmas cookies or something, but <laughs> it's true they were blocking they were blocking your uh, glass half full out. Yeah, you got to win, man. Like you got to win a trophy. I think our culture has been like when we plant our flag on something it's really hard for us to move on from that you're dying on that hill yeah yeah we die on too many hills lately and it's like i i'm right like you guys know me outside of the show like i'm a relatively jaded person i i see the world is very gray packers fan yeah, yeah. right <laughs> no no like and i think i'm an optimist overall i just I see the world as being a complicated thing and the idea of planting your flag on something that you don't fully know the whole story of, right? Cause as fans of a team, we don't really know what's going on. We watch them on TV and we listen to people like us and our, our good friends talk on, on different podcasts about the team. Like that's all we really know. We don't know the inner workings of the club. We don't know what's going on in the locker room. We don't know what's going on really around the league to plant your flag on something and not pick it up. Like I, I get it. I think that that's a commentary of our culture. And I guess I would just encourage people to be critical of Heath when he deserves it, but drop it when he doesn't. And I think right now Heath in, I'm, I'm pretty happy with Adrian Heath, pretty happy with this team. Like it was a COVID year and he took us to two semifinals. Let the man have it, you know? Plus he is a pretty funny guy. Like not not gonna lie, I get that he doesn't always English. He doesn't always have like the bedside manner, right? Like he doesn't always say the right thing. But he gives great interviews. He's a funny guy, and I don't know. I'd have a beer with him. But let's close things off, guys. We're closing off. So this is episode number forty. This is our last episode of season one because episode forty-one will be about the twenty twenty-one season fully. So for this final episode of season one, our very first season, I got four questions for you, right? Did we meet your off-season expectations? What was your top moment of 2020? What was your biggest disappointment of 2020? And who is your MVP of 2020? 
So first of all, guys, and I, I think I know the answer for this one. Did we meet your offseason expectations? I mean, we didn't just meet them. I think we like exploded past them, if I'm honest. Well, so yeah. If if we're being honest, James, I think it's it's fun that you're talking about your offseason expectations, considering you got into the club when this podcast started. <laughs> the first couple times you were on this, James, you were just a casual observer of this fan this team from a distance. You were still <laughs> yeah. you were still flirting with the Vancouver Whitecaps because you went on holiday there once and bought a hat. I think I've been on holiday to Minnesota once too, so I think you're all square there. Yeah. But no, I mean, yeah. If you said at the start of the season that Minnesota would go to two semifinals, I think uh, you guys would have probably been like, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially since this is February, right? So COVID wasn't even a thing really. Oh man, I would have been like, we're going to be at that game. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be, Yeah, this is going to be dope. Yeah, I, I would say they definitely met my expectations. And I would say for next year, I just want them to keep contending. Mm-hmm. It's not a failure if they don't make it to two more semifinals. It's not a failure if they don't make the final. But be contending every year. That's what I want. That's what I want of all of my teams. Once you get to the playoffs and you advance into the playoffs, things happen. But be contending every year. As fans, I believe that's all we can really ask for, is keep contending. People will come to your club, man. You see it in the Premier League. People, like players, go to clubs that are in the Champions League. If you're in the Champions League, if you're playing the top level of football, people want to be a part of that. Hey, Messi said he wants to play in the MLS. We have a DP spot open. He can move to the left, right? Who has his discovery rights? (laughs) (laughs) How do we acquire them? Who do we bribe? I hope we have them and we get to sell them to New York Red Bulls. Throw Twitter into a hizzy. <laughs> you did nothing to develop him. Yeah, right. We did everything to develop Lionel Messi. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Top moment of 2020. Now, I, I want to frame this by think of last year, 2019. I think most of us would have said it was either that Hassani Dotson playoff clincher, just that banger, or maybe the Vito Minone penalty save against Dallas in the final minutes of the game. Those were just such crazy moments where you just were screaming, yelling, jumping, whatever. Did 2020 have a moment like that? What was your top moment of 2020? Yes, it did. It was uh, Dane St. Clair's save in the 15th minute of the Sporting Kansas City game where I don't know how the heck he kept that ball from crossing the line. You guys know, you remember that? I mean, like that was, that changed the game. He was playing you know, like volleyball, right? Like just slapped it. It was, it was nuts. And then we go, then we go in seven minutes later, we start the scoring. And then that's en route to the three, nothing victory against the number one seed. That save was amazing. I think that that was, that was the start of the playoff run, you know, cause to that point, like he was getting peppered by shots early on in the game. I was nervous, but that was like the, oh my gosh, this guy, this guy is the real deal. He's not going to let them score. And he didn't for the, the, whatever the, the first three playoff games. I like that one. I hadn't thought of that one. My, uh, my, I think my top moment was like the Reynoso saga. Will he, won't he, will he, won't he 20 episodes later. He will. 
I think that was like my favorite moment. Just every week, just like every two weeks, just talking. Is he? Is, do we have news? Like Renoso watch was, uh, I think, was my favorite. Moment. Boca Juniors in English. <laughs> yeah, Google translating tweets just to kind of snatch any information. Or was, or was the top moment being able to unfollow Boca in English on Twitter? <laughs> Oh, we don't need you anymore. I mean, <laughs> but you- no offense. I respect your work, but <laughs> didn't care about most of it. So unfollow. What's your, your Sam? What's your Sam? So mine was also involves Emmanuel Reynoso. I was trying to think of a specific play, and it was the free kick that he took to score the first goal of the Seattle game in the Western Conference Final because it showed that we weren't just happy to be there. We were going to compete to win the thing. And I, I went nuts. I went nuts. That was beautiful. And I went nuts. Nice. Yeah, I agree. It was a, a great goal. And I guess that kind of segues, to be honest, into my biggest disappointment of 2020. Yeah, buzzkill. Um, making two semifinals and just not taking that final step. Yeah, I don't think it's... You know, I don't think it's an individual player or it's like a specific kind of thing. I think it's just, you know, we had such fire and we, we came, we were like just this close twice and we didn't make the final in either one. I think that, I think that hurts. And can't remember who it was on like Twitter or Instagram, but they were like, they were happy after the playoff loss that like we, like we as fans were like angry like that they didn't make it because they were like, it really shows that we weren't like you as fans are not just happy for us to be there. Like you want us to succeed as much as like we want to succeed. And like, it hurts for us that we didn't make the final and it hurts for you as fans that we didn't, we like disappointed you basically. And I think, you know, that really kind of encapsulates it is like, we just, we came so close. We came so far Mm. and we just, yeah, we just didn't quite make it. And like, we're the only team who went to both semifinals. Yeah, it hurts, man. But I can think at the end of the day, we were the most consistent team of 2020, quite possibly. True. But yeah, not uh, not going to a final is, uh, that hurts, man. You guys? Yeah, I think that's the same for me. I think, uh, you know, man, that game was so much fun against Seattle. And to be whatever it was, 20 minutes away, up two goals with 20 minutes left. That was, that was really tough. But I think it's, it's what you said though. It's, I think it, it shows though how far that team came that like, that was like, if you would have told me going into the season, we were going to, we were going to lose by one in the the Western conference finals. I'd be like, like, I would be like, okay, like that's, that's, that's awesome. That's a huge step forward. But you know, I, I I don't want to, I don't want to say it's Minnesota sports, but, Man, they got me again, man. And you guys, I'm I'm glad that you <laughs> got to experience the uh, <laughs> the perils, the perils of being a Minnesota sports fan and being like, you had you you convinced me because I would have, like, I felt like pretty much every one of those playoff games, I didn't think we, you know, I was like, I want us to win, but if we don't win, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna be angry about it. And then we just go on this unbelievable run. And in my head, I'm like, are we going to win 3-0 again? Are we going to win 3-0 against Seattle in the Western Conference Finals to go to the championship? And it didn't happen. Did not. My biggest disappointment was we signed one of the 
all-time MLS greats, one of the most prolific goal scorers in the history of the MLS. And when his career is over and he looks back at all the goals he scored, not one of them was wearing a Minnesota United jersey. So I'm just bummed that Kai Kamara didn't get his goal for Minnesota United. I said I, I enjoyed his time in Minnesota United. It was good to see him. Would have loved to see him score some goals. Didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And now he's gone. I would have loved to just get jacked about a Kai Kamara goal for once. Because we know we've seen him. We've seen him against us. Would have loved to see one goal. Seen him score against us. All right. Enough buzzkill. Who is your MVP of 2020? And why was it Foster Langsdorf? Because uh, he's the only striker who managed to stay on the roster. <laughs> no, I mean, for me, it's Reynoso. Like, mm-hmm. to play half a season and just absolutely tear it up. Like, and then to go into the playoffs and just tear it up even more. The, Seven assists, was it? The most assists in the playoffs. He broke a record. Yeah, man. Like, and it might be like there's some other players who played, you know, the whole season. I know, Sam, you were talking about, like, Michael Boxall before, a couple of episodes ago. But, like, Reynoso just changed the entirety of how we looked. We just had fire. We had creativity. We were scoring goals. Like, we were just, we were just really clicking. And I think, yeah. Like, overall, he was almost, like, quarterbacking our, like, midfield and forward line. And I, I think I said at one point, I said it was Kevin Molino, but I guess the more I think about it, like Kevin Molino's success was a lot of that. I mean, obviously he had success at the beginning of the season and before Emmanuel Reynoso showed up, but I think that Reynoso just made everyone around him better. And like you, like you said, I mean, like, I mean, it was magic when, when he had the ball at his foot, I expected good things to happen. And teams were like trying to beat the crap out of him because of that at the end, right? Like that was some teams like just tried to bully him to take him away. And he rose up. And I think he, he was the heartbeat of this team. Like there was a couple games where he comes on at a sub. We're down as a sub, we're down to nothing. And he's running around the pitch, hyping everybody up. Like that's the kind of stuff. That's what the kind of stuff that made, like that made this team as good as it was, is having that kind of leadership from a 25 year old kid that showed up halfway through the season to come in and be the heart of the team and to be the best player, like it was him. 100%. Emmanuel Reynoso. Well, I'm going to disagree. Not that, I don't, <laughs> not that I don't hear all those points that you're making. And I appreciate all those points that you're making. I believe Emmanuel Reynoso is by far the best and the most important player on the team. But he was not with us the entire season. So my MVP played 19 games of the 22 regular season games that we played. I just want to go through some simple numbers, not hard to figure out. I I didn't do like a deep dive or anything. In 2020, we played 22 regular season games and conceded 26 goals for 1.18 goals per game. Last year in 2019, when we were known for having such a great defense, we played 34 games and we conceded 43 goals, which would be 1.26 per game. So actually a little bit more than the 1.18 per game that we allowed this year. And I want to add to that, that following the regular season, 
we had two consecutive clean sheets in the playoffs. So this year's defense in 2020 outperformed last year's defense, despite no Ike, no Vito. And in fact, we, we had a little bit of a revolving door of goalkeepers for a while. We only had 10 games from Ozzy. We had inconsistency is, is it Aha that's going to get the start? Is it Coleman that's going to get the start? Who is that second center back? Ramon Matinere wasn't nearly as prolific as he was last year. But the one person that was Mr. Consistency the entire time, Michael Boxall. This year's defense outperformed last year's defense that had the defensive player of the year and the goalkeeper of the year and best number six in MLS history, arguably. This defense outperformed that defense and Michael Boxall was the heart of it. And for that reason, Michael Boxall is my MVP because yes, Emmanuel Reynoso came in halfway through the season and was phenomenal. But without that consistency by Michael Boxall, who knows if we would have had that top four finish that allowed us to get that home playoff game that led to our first home playoff win in our MLS era, led to the Kansas City game, and then led to the thriller in Seattle. I think Michael Boxall was big in getting us to that point. And that's why my MVP of the season goes to Michael Boxall. Yeah, I mean, Boxall was fantastic. Yeah, he had a great year. I think, you know, if you would have told me that we would lose Icopara and almost maybe be better defensively uh, this year to lose Vito and Icopara, Boxall is huge. I think that that's he, he was such a good good leader of the defense consistency, right? He was the, the most consistent player throughout the year. That's a good that's a good pick, Sam. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I, and I forgot to say he was our captain, too. And then he was so selfless when Ozzy was playing. He'd give up the armband to Ozzy. Just such a selfless guy. Class act. Even took accountability that one time. He put us in the sugar honey iced tea or whatever he called it. When he had the, when he had the own goal, remember? And he, he was like, <laughs> James should say it so I don't butcher the accent. But he's like, yeah, I put it in the sugar honey iced tea. Or, I don't know. West Box of New Zealand, New Zealand right? Yeah, that, don't get me doing that. <laughs> I don't want to offend those people. All right, guys. We should just get more New Zealanders on defense. <laughs> oh, wait. Did, we, we've still got Noah Billingsley, right? Yeah. James Musa. See, see you, James Musa. Musa, whatever. He was our third Kiwi. Yeah, we had three of them for a yeah. while. All four more of them. All right, guys. Turned into a long episode. Time to say goodbye. But hey, even though it's the offseason, we will occasionally peek back up. Guys, what do you say? Two weeks from today, you want to go again? If anything happens, Sam. Yeah, think, we're on You it. think anything's going to happen? We'll see. I, I think some stuff could happen. The draft is going to be coming up pretty soon. We might have an idea of, say, a start date. Uh, we could have a few free agency moves. I also have a couple of ideas of things that could be interesting to talk about. But like collective bargaining collective agreement? Bargaining agreement, yeah. If we even have a season, that's definitely... that. The big club day football might make a comeback. The big club day football. We didn't even have time for that today. Until next time, guys. Thank you for listening. And pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Peace out. Peace.